thinking and praying about, man, what are we going to do in the new year as far as, as teaching goes? And, and God really pressed in my heart that, hey, it's time, it's time for a breakthrough. And whatever that, and that could mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. But I think that there's some areas in our life that, that man, we feel stalled. We feel stuck sometimes. And feeling stuck is miserable, right? And, and here's what I know. For only so long in my life can I blame feeling stuck on circumstance. That's true for me. And I really believe that's true for every single one of us, that for only so long can we say, well, it's because of this, or well, it's because of that. A buddy of mine from down south, uh, he posted uh, his New Year's resolution uh, for 22. And his New Year's resolution was to stop blaming his, his physical fitness on an accident that had happened to him two years, two years ago. And basically, he was just saying to the world, hey, it's, it's been long enough. I'm not going to blame, you know, my, my, my choices in, in my diet or my choices in my, in my workout life on that that happened long ago. Hey, that's, that's old news. And I just... I, and that really hit home with me, and I feel like a lot of times that home, hit, hits home with us, that we get stuck in these mental pathways and these, in these mindsets that think, man, because of X, Y, Z, I can't do X, Y, Z. Have you ever been there? That it's just like, man, I just feel like because of this has happened in my life, I feel so stuck. But here's what we see in God's Word in 2 Peter 1.3. In 2 Peter 1.3, it says that His divine power... God's divine power, by his divine power, God has given us everything that we need for living a godly life. Everybody say everything. Okay. Say it one more time, everything, real strong. Everything. That's a big word. That's huge. It doesn't say some things. It doesn't say, you know, just when you feel like it or just when, you know, it feels right. No, he says everything. That's really convicting to me. And then it goes on to say, we have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. I love that. If there's ever a promise to hang my, my life on, it's this, that God has given me everything that I need for living a godly life. And how? By coming to know him. And so if you don't need to know Jesus today, if you're just checking it out, maybe your New Year's resolution was to you know, see what church was all about. Man, I welcome you. If you're checking it out online today, we're so happy that you're here. And if you don't hear another thing today, hear this, that everything that you need in 2022 comes through knowing Jesus. Everything. It's the path to everything good in life. And so we have everything we need. That should fill you with faith, right? That fills me with faith. And we need faith. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible to please God. But like I said, sometimes we seem stuck. Sometimes we need a breakthrough. And so this series is about using what God has provided for us to see breakthrough moments happen in our lives. Listen, though. There's no spiritual carrots. Do you ever feel, you remember those old cartoons where the carrot was dangling out, but they could never catch the carrot? There's no spiritual carrots when it comes to God. That's not his nature. There's no spiritual carrots that you can't catch. There's no, there's no magic formula that if I just do X, Y, and Z, then God will do this. No, it's not like that. God wants you and I to succeed more than anyone. His desire to see you and me succeed in life and in a relationship with him is higher than anyone you'll ever meet. And so he's given us his word, 
And so let's unpack it during this series. How do we see breakthrough in our lives when we feel stuck? And so today's focus is gonna be on prayer. It's gonna be on prayer. And I really believe that prayer is the most underutilized gift that we've been given by God. It's the most underutilized tool in our spiritual tool belt. The greatest tragedy in life is that prayers, is, is that prayers go unanswered because they go unasked. Have you ever been there? It's like, you know, I only ask for God when I need something or when I feel like it. But how many prayers in my life are going unanswered because I never asked for them? We know that God won't answer 100% of the prayers that you don't pray. Prayer is key. We know that prayer changes things, but much of the time, it changes me the most, right? We know that God is not a cosmic vending machine. That's not what prayer is all about. It's not just about, you know, hey, give me what I need when I, when I need it or when I say that I need it. But at the same time, God tells us to ask. He tells us to ask. Many times we bring small prayers to a really big God, don't we? We bring these little prayers about just, just, just little piddly stuff in our lives. And when we were coming to this big God, and kind of like we talked about last week, we don't make our lives good soil when it comes to prayer. We pray for his blessings, but ignore his guidance. Have you ever been there? And so we're going to look at a quick story from the Old Testament, from the life of Elijah, and then we're going to get into some prayers that I really believe that when you pray these prayers, they're breakthrough prayers in our life, and God will bless these prayers every single time. But let's, let's jump to 1 Kings chapter 18, and in the beginning of this chapter, Elijah goes to King Ahab, and, and this is in year three of a drought. And so just for a little context, back in the beginning of chapter 17, Elijah had come to King Ahab and said, hey, it's not going to rain until I say so again. It's not going to rain. And guess what? It didn't rain for three and a half years. And so how many of you know that Elijah and God were pretty tight? Why? Because Elijah had been going around and doing what God said and being obedient to God and putting God first in his life for a long time. And so hadn't rained for three and a half years. And Elijah comes to Ahab and says, hey, it's going to rain soon. So that's verse one of chapter 18. Fast forward to verse 40, 41. And Elijah comes again to Ahab and says, go and get something to eat and drink for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Now, mind you, it had not rained in three and a half years. There was not a cloud in the sky. There was not a drop of moisture on the horizon. The humidity level was at zero. And yet Elijah, as a man of faith, said, hey, I hear a rainstorm coming. Before there was any sign. And then you go to 1 Kings 18, 42 through 44, and it's on your screens. It's in your notes. And it says, when Ahab went to eat and drink, Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and he bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Just think about that posture of Elijah for a moment. First, he climbs the mountain. He bows low. His face is in between his knees. And then he said to his servant, go out and look toward the sea. The servant went and looked, then, re then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. So seven times Elijah told him to go and look. 
Finally, the seventh time, his his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Guess what? That was all Elijah needed. He got up, he ran ahead, and man, you know, before he could get to where he was going, rain was just coming down in buckets. And I just love this story because this just shows the power of prayer, that when people seek God, amazing things can happen. Now, when you and I pray for a rainstorm, is that going to happen? You know, probably not. It could, but probably not. And so this passage right here is is probably not um, prescriptive of what we should expect or think every time we pray, but it's definitely a great picture of the posture of our hearts when we pray and the power of the God that we're praying to. You got to know who you're talking to. We serve a big God. If you want breakthrough in your life, first of all, you've got to believe that he can do it. And a lot of times that faith comes before you ever see anything happen. Remember, Elijah said, hey, there's a storm coming. I've said that to my kids a few times, but not not in that way. (laughs) When they were in trouble, kid, there's a storm coming for you. But he believed long before he saw anything. And so think about this perspective. He climbed the mountain. Prayer takes work. It takes diligence. Guess what? It takes time out of your schedule. What do relationships take? They take time, right? Every single single relationship takes time to develop and maintain. It takes work. What what else do we see? He bowed low. Man, one of the first steps in, in your prayer life is humbling yourself. Getting low, not just physically. Sometimes you, you're going to feel the need to do that, to get down on your knees, on your face before God. But, but it's more the posture of your heart to humble yourself. He had his face between his knees. He didn't come to God beating on his chest like, like God owed him something. He came to God like, God, please show up for me, right? In desperation. It's easy to look at Elijah and the prayers that God answered in his life and feel inferior. Can I get an Amen. It's like, God, you never done that for me. God, you never showed up in a miraculous way in my life like that. God, why did you do it for him and not for me? But I just wanna, let's, let's just get some things straight this morning. The power wasn't in the person. It wasn't in necessarily in Elijah or even in the prayer itself. Listen, there's no special words when you pray. Breakthrough happens in our lives when we yield and surrender to God. The power that was evident in Elijah's life was due to his longtime obedience and honoring of God. You see in this story, there's these two polar opposites. There's Elijah who is completely surrendered to God and there was Ahab who denied God at every single turn. And so this is the picture, this is the posture of our hearts when we wanna see breakthrough. So what kind of prayers honor God? What kind of prayers help us bow low? What kind of prayers does God respond to with this kind of breakthrough power and authority in our lives? I don't know about you, but I wanna pray those kind of prayers. I wanna pray prayers that move heaven. I wanna pray prayers that move the heart of God. And so let's look at some prayers as we start off 22 2022 that honor God. The first prayer that moves the heart of God is a prayer of repentance. A prayer of repentance. 
This is step one, and I love David's heart in Psalm 51, one through three, when he says, have mercy on me, O God. Because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stains of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion, and it haunts me day and night. I love the authenticity of this prayer. I love that he's just getting real both with himself and with God. You see, the first thing that, 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 that we have to do before we take advantage of the miracle of salvation is repentance, which is basically acknowledging that there's something not right in me and that I need a savior. Listen, so much of the time we want God to come through in our finances or in some miraculous way of healing and somebody in our life that's sick or in some, in some just, just like eye-popping miraculous way, right? But the biggest miracle that you and I will ever experience and the biggest breakthrough that you and I will ever experience in our entire lives is the miracle of salvation. There is no bigger miracle on the face of the planet than when God takes your sin and he throws it as far as the east is from the west. And if you're searching, if you don't know about this church thing yet, and you just showed up, maybe somebody drug you here by your ears this morning, you know, this, this is what you need to hear. That a loving God loves you so much that he laid down his life on a cross to pay the price for your sin and mine. He went in the grave. He rose again on the third day to show that he has power over sin, hell, and the grave. And because of that power, he's able to, to take residence in your heart, and he's able to remove that sin and that guilt and that shame from your life, and for you to be white as snow, a new creation in Christ. That is breakthrough. That is breakthrough. And so I just want to encourage you, when you feel like no breakthrough is happening in your life, when you feel stuck, when you feel miserable, the first step is to remember that when I get right with God, a miracle just happened in my life. For some of you, that doesn't excite you anymore. For some of you, that doesn't get your, you know, your, that doesn't trip your trigger. For some of you, that doesn't get you going anymore. And maybe this is the first step in the breakthrough to get back to the amazing miracle that is the salvation of your soul. For some of you, the miracle that is about to happen today, that you can be free of your sin in Jesus' name. That is breakthrough. If you haven't experienced that yet, this is your first prayer. Listen, our ability, our very ability to pray and to communicate with God this thing that we take for granted so much, it began on a cross. The veil was torn in two, and you and I gained access, 24-7 access to the presence of a loving God. We get to repent. We get to pray. We get to say, God, I'm sorry, and he removes that guilt and shame because someone else paid the price. If someone didn't pay the price, we'd have no one to repent to, and there would be no breakthrough. And this is something, church, that we should never, ever, ever, ever take for granted. A prayer of repentance is both a sobering prayer and a rejoicing prayer. And so I just want to encourage you. Maybe if you need breakthrough in your life, maybe it's time to pray the prayer of repentance. The second prayer that we see that, that man just provides amazing breakthrough in our life is a prayer of thanks. A prayer of thanks. Psalm 103, two through four, 
exemplifies this. It says, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget, underline those two words. You know, we thought that those words were coined after 9-11, but they were coined in God's word when we were told to never forget. Never forget the good things he does for me. Never. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. I don't know about you, but when I read those words, I just feel a breakthrough welling up in my soul. Because when you are thankful and when you vocalize and speak out thanks to God, something happens in your heart every time. Every time. We forever We'll thank God for the miracle of salvation and how good he is in our life. Thanks, thankfulness, gratefulness, whatever you want to call it, rewires the heart. Thankfulness rewires the mind. And so if you feel stuck, you're all down in the mully grubs and you're just, you know, there's a dark cloud following you everywhere you go. Anybody ever feel like that? Um, uh, I love that character in um, the Inside Out movie that is just always down and it's like just stuck. Guess what rewires that? Thankfulness. You've heard me say before and you'll hear me say again that the seeds of depression cannot take root in a thankful heart. It is your biggest weapon against darkness taking root in your soul is to be thankful The third prayer that we could pray for breakthrough is the prayer of wisdom. The prayers for wisdom. Listen, I don't know about you, but I'm not smart enough. I don't have what it takes to do much of anything in life. Almost every day, I feel inadequate and that I might not be able to accomplish what God has put in my hands. And so I hope that encourages you today that my my weakness, you know, is... You might be feeling the same way, that I don't have what it takes. I love what Mark Batterson says. He says, praying without planning is a waste of time, while planning without praying is a waste of energy. Let me say that again. Praying without planning is a waste of time, and and planning without praying is a waste of energy. And I love that because it exemplifies how we need to combine not just prayers, but wisdom. And God, when we say, God, I need wisdom, we're asking God to shine the spotlight on how we're gonna apply his word and apply the wisdom in his word to our daily life. Wisdom is simply godly principles applied to your life how they're supposed to be. And so if you're like, well, what's what's wisdom? What, What do you really mean when we pray for wisdom? When you pray for wisdom, you're saying, God, I need to know how to apply your word to my life today in this relationship, in this marriage, in this relational tension at work, God, in this problem, in this project, God, how do I apply your word? How do I do it? Wisdom is the connection between our prayer life and our choices. It's the glue that holds them together. Man, I know people that, that, that boast of spending a lot of time in prayer But you look at their life and you wonder, man, do those prayers ever make it to your choices? Have you ever ever been there? It's like, man, I I I had a really good devotional time. I had the little quiver in my liver. Man, I just, I felt the presence of God, which is awesome, and you want that all day long. But prayer for wisdom says, God, don't just let me feel your presence. God, give me wisdom to apply it to my life. 
in 30 minutes or an hour when I'm, I'm fighting with my spouse or, or when that jerk at work flips me off or, or whatever happens, right? Wisdom to keep the mouth shut when it's supposed to be shut or wisdom to speak when I should speak up. Wisdom. First Kings 3.10 says that the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. The Lord was pleased. And then James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom, ask. Ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Don't you love that? And then we know that Jesus said, ask, ask. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And this is one promise, this is one prayer in God's word that he promises he'll answer. He loves to answer it. And so if you wanna see breakthrough in your life, pray for wisdom. Number three, we're warming up. This is one that I love and that just really I feel like has come alive in my life in the last couple weeks is a prayer for overflow. Prayers for overflow, and you might say, Joe, what in the world does that mean? That kind of sounds like maybe a little churchy word. Hey, we're going to unpack it, and we're going to see it in Scripture. And so let's frame this thought a bit. I need more strength than I have. Can I get an amen? Last Thursday, I took uh, me and Jolie and, and Laura, one of our youth leaders, took the youth to Perfect North, right? Now, um, I am now 41 years old, um, and skiing feels a lot different now than it did when I was 21 years old. How many of you know the feeling? And so, man, I got out of bed yesterday and I'm like, oh, what's wrong with my calves? What's wrong with my quads? Oh yeah, I spent the, the day on Thursday gallivanting around the mountains of Northern Kentucky or Indiana or where, Southern Indiana, wherever I was at Perfect North, um, sloshing around in the snow. I need more strength than I have. I need more wisdom than I possess. I need to be stretched by the greatness of God. This is, so we're framing the picture of overflow and what it looks like in your life. Listen, God is a God of abundance, not of scarcity. Sometimes I honestly feel like we come to God and we're just hoping for just, we're hoping for just a little, God, can you just like kind of you know, sweep something off the table. I, I just pick up the crumbs. We're just, I, got, I just want a little bit. When God is like, hey, I've got cattle on a thousand hills. I've got all, all the resources you will ever, ever need in life. Remember at the beginning, his divine power has given us what? Everything that we need. And yet sometimes we come to God with such a scarcity mindset, feeling like, oh man, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know if he's gonna come through. But God's a God of abundance, not of scarcity. And so as I pray, I'm not trying to squish God down into, into the size of my circumstance or the size of what I think is possible. I'm, try, I'm not trying to squish God down into my little box, neat and tidy. I'm asking him to blow up the box. I'm asking him to overflow in my life. I'm not at just asking God to meet my needs, and we all have needs, and that's part of the Lord's prayer. You know, God, you mean my daily bread, right? That's, that's part of it. But I'm not just saying, hey, don't just meet my needs, God. I'm not just praying for just enough. I'm praying for an overflow. For example, a lot of people say, oh, I just want to be a good human. 
Overflow prayer would say, God, I want to be an example. I want to be a representation of Christ here on earth. God, I want to be more than I ever thought I could be. I want you to overflow out of my life. Have you ever asked God for uh, things and you weren't, really weren't sure if they were in line with his word or his will? You were sure at the time that they were in line with your feelings or wants, but you weren't sure if they were in line with his will. And I think this is where we get off when it comes to overflow. We want to feel more, but we don't give God complete access to our life for him to overflow in the areas that he wants to overflow in. Don't make your feelings the gold standard or the plumb line. He is the gold standard. He is the plumb line. And so it's not about what I feel. It's what's real. And I'm telling you that when you ask for things in according to his word, get ready. Get ready. When you ask according to what he wants to overflow in your life, get ready because he's going to answer that prayer. And so what does this look like biblically? John 15, 11, follow along with me. We got a lot here, but I, th I feel like this is important and we need to get this. John 15, 11, and the context of this verse is that Jesus is saying, abide in me and I'll abide in you, right? Remain in me and I'll remain in you. And so Jesus said, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So when I remain in Christ, when I do what he tells me to do, when I surrender in obedience and my life is an offering, what does it say? My joy is going to overflow. Romans 15, 13, it says, I pray. Remember, we're praying, we're praying prayers of overflow. I pray the source of hope will fill you completely with the joy and peace, with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I love this. So we, we're, we're being taught right here exactly what to pray for. God, I want your hope. God, I want to be filled with joy and peace. Why? Because I'm trusting in you. I'm not trusting in what the world says. I'm not trusting in my feelings. I'm not trusting in my gut or my intuition. I'm trusting in your word. And when I do that, my joy is going to overflow. I'm going to overflow with confident hope. How many of you would, would settle for just a little shred of confidence? You feel so beat down, down in life and your failures and, and maybe you just feel like, man, man, I'm not measured up to what I, I thought I should have been in life. And you're like, Joe, I, I would take just a little teaspoon of confidence. But God is saying, no, 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 no. God's saying, no, I want you to overflow with confident hope. Confident hope. Why? Because you're trusting in Jesus with your choices and with your life. Philippians 1.9 I pray that your love will overflow more and more, that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. God, I want to overflow with knowledge. I want to overflow with understanding of your word. Why? So I can apply it to my life. Not so I can get puffed up with knowledge and, and just, just facts. Man, I, I always love people that just want to wow me with their biblical facts or with their knowledge of God's word. It's like, seriously, um, uh, as a pastor, I would, I would love to have a church full of people that just applied what they knew instead of worried about all the things they don't know. Man, I have people come to me all the time and say, Joe, man, I just don't know much about God's word. And to which I say, well, you know, first step is to start reading your Bible every day. But hey, don't be concerned about what you don't know. How about you just worry about what you do? 
How about you worry about what you do know and apply that to your life? And, and God is, God's principles are so true that when you're faithful with the little that you do know, God's gonna pour out more blessings and more godly responsibility in your life than you had before. It's the principle of overflow, right? And so don't worry about what you don't know. Apply what you do. And, and, and man, when you do that, God's love is gonna overflow in your life. Colossians 2, 7, let your roots grow down into him. This is a prayer point. God, we wanna be rooted in you in 22. 2022. 2022. We wanna be rooted into you and we wanna let our lives be built on you. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Listen, you can't get close to Jesus without becoming more thankful. Can't do it, can't do it. And so this is a prayer for overflow. I wanna grow my roots down into you, Jesus. First Thessalonians 3, 10 through 12. Night and day, we pray earnestly for you, asking God to let us see you again and fill, to fill the gaps in your faith. Love that. May our God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus bring us to you very soon. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow, just as our love for you overflows. You see, a lot of times we want the finances to overflow, right? A lot of times we want just the good vibes and the good feelings to overflow. A lot of times we just want comfort to overflow in our life. But man, when we pray the kind of things that God wants to overflow in our life, watch out. Watch out, because these are prayers that God always answers. Last but not least this morning, we're gonna close with just talking about breakthrough prayers. What do they look like? What do they look like? You know, sometimes you just need a breakthrough. You need God to show up in your circumstance. You need God to do something miraculous. Prayers of desperation, prayers of persistence. Maybe there's a financial miracle you need, a physical miracle you need. Maybe there's a relational brokenness that needs to be healed and mended and, and you're crying out to God day and night for a breakthrough. Sometimes we need walls to be moved in our life, barriers to be taken out. Sometimes it seems like there's circumstantial impossibilities. Maybe there's a prodigal in your family, some, someone that, that is so far from Jesus that you've even begun to lose faith that God can bring them back. You ever been there? You need a breakthrough. You need something that is impossible for you to do. You've tried. You've tried to fix it and you can't on your own. Many times though, and I know this has been true in my life, I only pray these kind of desperate prayers, these kind of breakthrough prayers for my personal needs. A lot of times I really only go, go to bat really, really hard for the things that affect me personally. But I believe that we can pray these kind of prayers all over our life and all of our community and all over our church. And when God's people band together, what, is, what does the Bible say? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then what? God's gonna show up. He's gonna heal their land. He's gonna be with them. That's a big if though. And I believe that man, if we come to God with just this heart of desperation, God, we gotta see you move. 
And if we couple that with the, with, the, with the heart of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the Old Testament that said, but even if he doesn't, I'm not, I'm not gonna back down. I'm gonna keep going. That's a powerful combination. Powerful combination. That when we lock onto a vision that God has given our church, man, we wanna see these seats full. Why? So that it's full, no. Because every single person in our community needs Jesus because every single person matters to God. When we lock on a vision that says that, man, every single kid should have an opportunity to know Christ. Every single student in the, in the junior high and high school needs an example that they can follow of somebody that is really loving Jesus in their life. When we lock on these things and we pray and we say, God, we don't know how it's gonna happen. We don't know when or, or, or the method, or we don't know who's gonna lead or we don't know who's gonna step in, but God, we're gonna pray until we see the breakthrough amazing things can happen. When we stand in the gap for the needs of our community, when, listen, when you see a need in the community, somebody that doesn't have enough or some problem that needs to be fixed, you know, what's the first thing that we say? Man, somebody should do something about that. But when you have a breakthrough mentality that, man, I know God, you can fix it, you can do it, you can use maybe even me to be the solution, then it changes the prayer. It changes the prayer. Listen, a breakthrough prayer knows that in the spiritual, God has already broken through, that the battle has already been won. You see, this is the key to praying breakthrough prayers, knowing that, that circumstances and temporal things don't determine my worth and my eternal status. Whether God has or has not come through for you yet does not mean that he's not a God of breakthrough. And so when we pray breakthrough prayers, we pray them as if they've already happened. What does this look like? You think about Paul and Silas in scripture. They were worshiping in prison like they were in the presence of God. They weren't worshiping like they were in prison. They were worshiping as if they were in the very presence of God. Their circumstances didn't affect their prayer. Why? They were praying a breakthrough prayer. They were praying breakthrough praise because they knew they, they were serving a breakthrough God. The Israelites praised God for days going along around the walls of Jericho before the walls fell, right? I can only imagine how, how foolish some of them might have felt. And this is one of the huge reasons why it's not what you feel, it's what's real. Why? Because you might feel foolish standing around the walls and shouting and praising and blowing trumpets and going crazy for God when the walls are still standing. But that's what a breakthrough prayer looks like because we're believing by faith in something that we can't see yet. Why? Because it's impossible to please God without faith. Elijah, we talked about him at the beginning today. He heard the mighty rainstorm before there was even a tiny cloud. That's breakthrough prayer. And then in Ephesians 3.20, we'll close with this verse today. And mind you, Paul is writing this letter amongst many others from prison. From prison. And out of that despair that we would probably be in if we were in prison, but Paul's not. 
And he's praying prayers like this. And he says, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, when you hear that, you're like, man, that sounds great. That sounds awesome. God's going to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Yeah. But you just think about the context. Sitting in prison. I know if I was in prison, I was like, how can I work from here? How can I make an impact from here? How can I do what God has called me to do from here? And you might be thinking the same thing. Man, I'm stuck at home at work. I can't even go to work. I can't be around people. I can't, I can't do what I, I feel like I should be doing. All because of the circumstances of life that have changed over the past couple of years. You say, how in the world could I make a difference from here? And yet we see in scripture, this example of people making these breakthrough statements, these statements of faith, these statements of, of trust and surrender to a loving savior, even when they're in the midst of those circumstances. Some of us need to begin to pray breakthrough prayers over our lives. And this isn't foolishness. It's not, it's not like, you know, just name it, claim it. You know, if you build it, they will come. That's not what we're talking about. I'm not encouraging you to just start telling everybody that stuff's gonna happen that hasn't happened yet. And, you know, potentially looking like a fool. That's not what I'm talking about. But I am saying that you can begin to believe and pray for the breakthrough even before it happens. You can put your faith and a trust in a God that's got you even when you can't see it. You can begin to believe that he could do something in your life that you never thought was possible. You can believe that he's gonna give you the confidence to fulfill that dream that he's put in your heart even before you have it, right? Listen, as much as your life reflects the realities of this earth, and what are some of the realities of this earth? Insecurity, lack, scarcity, feeling like you're never gonna be good enough, whatever it is for you. As much as your life reflects the realities of this earth, your prayers need to reflect the realities of heaven. Why? Because Jesus endured the worst realities of this earth that the earth has to offer so that you could experience the realities of heaven. Jesus said when he taught us how to pray, he said, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so when we pray breakthrough prayers, we're saying, God, let the realities of heaven, even if it's only in my heart, even if it never makes it to my circumstance, even if it never makes it to the things in my life that I wish would change, God, let the realities of heaven break through in my life. God, let your joy, let your peace, let your patience, let your goodness overflow. God, let all the things that you want to overflow in my life overflow. And I might have to climb a mountain. I might have to carve out some time. I might, have to, I might have to work out it. There might have to be some persistence and some diligence and some hard work. But God, I'm believing. Before there's even a cloud in the sky as small as a man's hand, I'm believing for breakthrough in my prayer life. I'm praying, not my will, 
but yours be done. And so what needs to adjust in your prayer life to see breakthrough? What needs to adjust? Is it time to pray, be praying more prayers of obedience, repentance? Is it time to maybe adjust your motives a little bit, remembering that God's not a cosmic bellhop? Is it time to adjust your perspective? Maybe you don't need a circumstantial shift. Maybe you need a perspective shift. Is it time to quit praying small prayers to a big God? I would just encourage you, don't quit too soon. You know, if there's one resolution this year that you get right, let it be the resolution to pray and to seek God and to do it diligently, whether you feel like it or not. Amen. If you could bow your heads and close your eyes with me today, where are you at? If you say, hey, Joe, that prayer of repentance, that's where I'm at today. I need to start by saying yes to Jesus, by acknowledging that I'm a sinner in need of a savior and I need to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. If that's you today and you wanna pray that very simple prayer of repentance, raise your hand, I'd love to pray with you today. Is that you? You say, Jesus, everything's not right in my life and I need a savior. I want you to come to my life today and be my Lord. If you're online with us today, you can respond right in your living room, right where you're at. You say, Jesus, that's me. I need a savior. If that's you today, let's pray. Let's pray that prayer in Psalms together. Psalm 51, that verse that we read earlier, it says, God, have mercy on me because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out the stains of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion and it haunts me day and night. God, we repent, we need you. We're sinners in need of a savior. We bow our hearts and our lives to you. In Jesus' name. If you're here today and you say, Joe, I just need to step up my prayer life in 2022, it's time. I've been slacking for far too long. It's time to buckle down and get real with these prayers that are gonna provide a doorway to breakthrough in my life. If that's you, just raise your hand as I close today. God, that's us. We wanna be people of prayer. We wanna put you first. God, we wanna cry out in desperation to you because, because that's the only way that we're gonna make it through. We need you more than anything. God, we acknowledge we can't do this without you. And so God, we're gonna be praying prayers of thanks. God, we're gonna be praying prayers of overflow. God, we're gonna be praying prayers for wisdom. God, we are relying on you because without you, we're nothing. And so help us this week and this year to be people of prayer, praying for breakthrough in every area of our life. In Jesus' name.